You're listening to Vet to Vet Coaching with Dr. Ginger Templeton. This is episode 10 and the third episode in a series called Lessons from Leukemia. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive. And group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a Zoom call, you may submit a question, and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group, and that's where the unique second benefit comes in. By listening to others get coached through their problems, you are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day-to-day. So for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, drdrgingertempleton, that's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. Ginger at vetdevetcoaching.com. Don't delay. Spark is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members. I want to see you there. Welcome back to Vet to Vet Coaching. This is Monday, May 11th, and it is my daughter's 15th birthday. And fitting that I am recording this series called Lessons from Leukemia, honoring her leukemia survival And also, you know, just sharing some of the things that we learned during our journey with cancer. And this topic today, um, I'm covering Silk's Ring Theory. This topic is applicable to COVID. It is applicable to your workplace. And it is also applicable to any cause of suffering or hardship in life. So in April 2013... The LA Times published an op-ed by clinical psychologist Susan Silk. It was April 7th, 2013. In this op-ed, she shared her theory of, uh, her ring theory. And in 2017, Psychology Today had a blog piece by Dr. Deborah Davis where she covered Silk's ring theory. The idea behind ring theory is very simple. When somebody is hurting, when somebody is suffering, you dump out and you comfort in. The idea behind Silk developing her ring theory is that when people are experiencing some pain, some trauma, if you're on the outside looking in, you probably want to be helpful. But a lot of us, many of us struggle with how to be helpful. When Lindsay was sick, 
We were surprised. I was surprised by the people who were incredibly helpful, knew what to say and what to do. They weren't necessarily the people who I thought might be helpful. They weren't necessarily our closest friends. And in some cases, even our closest family. Sometimes people that we really felt we barely knew stepped up and just did something or said something that was incredibly helpful. In fact, some of my veterinary professors and some of the residents during vet school who I had known but not considered close friends really rose to the occasion and were there in many different supportive ways. And then people that we knew, people who were close to us, sometimes family, sometimes friends, said terribly unhelpful and sometimes really hurtful things. They didn't mean to. Of course they didn't mean to, just as you wouldn't mean to. But it did create friction in relationships. And some relationships were lost during that time, not out of spite, not out of anger, but just, you know, when things are not going well, when you're in crisis, and you're finding that, you know, you're having to put aside feelings that are necessary, the feelings around your crisis and trauma to deal with a person, eventually, you're probably going to separate from that person a little bit. So during COVID, in your workplace as a veterinarian or as a team member, I want you to apply Silk's Ring Theory to the workplace. So what exactly is Silk's Ring Theory? Well, when the Psychology Today blog piece came out in 2017, the ring, the the image of the ring actually started circulating through social media. So you may have seen it. Basically, it's a series of concentric rings. And on the inside, on the very innermost aspect of the circles, is the person who's suffering. So let's say with the example of cancer, the person in the very center of that circle would be Lindsay. In the next ring out will be the people who are, you know, closest to Lindsay. So that's going to be me, Matt, and Michael. The next ring out will be close family, very, very close friends. People who are probably hurting, but are not hurting enough to make it okay to complain to me and Matt, for example to dump those feelings onto us. And then the further you get out, you get to, you know, less close friends. You get to people in the community. You get to um, professionals who may be helping us. And then eventually on the outside, you get, you know, strangers. And in the case of cancer, strangers actually step up. And so it's really important if you're that far out that you're saying the right things and not saying the wrong things. And if you don't know how to do that, just excuse yourself from the situation. You'd be surprised. We got emails and messages from people we'd never heard of giving us advice, giving us crazy wackadoo advice on how to cure cancer. And I know a lot of cancer moms have experienced this type of intrusion. And it's when you're in a fragile emotional state, it can be much more devastating than you might imagine if you're in your normal state of mind. Now, with these concentric rings from the very center to the out, that person on the inside, they're, they're hurting, they're suffering, they're in trauma, and they have the privilege of being able to dump their emotions, their negative feelings, their fears to anyone in the rings outside. Maybe they choose the person in the next ring. So if this is somebody suffering with cancer as an adult, maybe they dump on their closest friend, their closest relative, or... Maybe they decide to give that person a break 
and they vent to somebody a little further out. The further out you are in the rings, your job becomes to comfort those who are in the rings further in the circle, the innermost rings. And you can vent to anyone who's further outside of the circle than you are. Now, with the very unique situation of COVID-19, we are all in some way in the center of that circle, right? We are all experiencing some degree of stress, trauma, some of us more so than others. So it becomes really important if you want to do the best that you can in supporting others and taking good care of yourself right now, that you put some intention behind understanding where you lie relative to those around you as far as COVID stress goes. And there are different types of COVID stress. So I actually made two models of Silk's Ring applied to the veterinary workplace, one for financial woes and one for health, be it physical or mental, in the face of COVID-19. In the center of the health circles, whether it's physical or mental, would be staff members who have significant health issues or are at very, very high risk for COVID. So we're talking about severely immune suppressed persons. We're talking about people who may actually have a diagnosis of COVID and not be doing particularly well. From there, with my example, the next ring would be those staff members. Notice I'm saying staff members. I am not including managers, associates, or doctors yet, no matter their health concerns. In the next ring, those staff members with either some degree of risk, maybe not severe, but you know, maybe they're in their 40s, but hypertensive. Maybe they're older, but healthy. And in this ring, I chose to include those who have a history of mental illness. Now, you may not know all of this information. You may not be privy to the health or mental health issues of some of the staff members. So you have to be really careful. You can't be psychic and you can't be too hard on yourself. But don't assume. If you're not sure, if you have a feeling, don't dump in, dump out. In my next ring, I put those with high-risk close family members, but we're still talking about staff here. In the next ring, I put healthy staff, managers, and associates, regardless of their health status. And then in the outermost ring, I put owners, also regardless of their health status. Now, most of you listening are veterinarians, and maybe you're thinking, this is incredibly unfair. Yeah, it is a little unfair. This is one of those situations where as veterinarians, we have to treat ourselves as managers, as leaders. And that doesn't mean you don't get to have feelings. That doesn't mean you don't get to have fears and anxieties and woes. It doesn't mean you have to bottle them up and clench your jaw and white knuckle it. It means you need to be intentional about who you share your fears with. This is for your own sake. It is for the strength and health of your practice. And most importantly, it's for the mental well-being of those who work with you. So who do you vent to? Well, if you're an owner, go find a group of other owners. 
Facebook is a great place for this. I, you know, I have feelings about social media, but there are some wonderful groups of veterinary owners that are very welcoming and encouraging, and you can vent away. Or within your local VMA, or simply your community, find veterinarians who are owners or retired, and they may be great sources of mentorship to you. You can also vent outside of the veterinary community. Find the people around you who understand and are a supportive listening ear. And that might be a spouse. It might be a therapist. It might be a good friend who gets it. Maybe they're a leader in their own field and they understand some degree of what you're going through. Now for the financial woes, it's a little different. Uh, Basically, you know, I'm going to make some assumptions here and I would encourage you to do the same unless you specifically know the financial situation of those who are in your employment. So in the very center ring, I'm going to put most of the kennel staff and most of the receptionists, the lowest paid employees. I'm going to assume with their low salaries that they have more financial stress in the face of, of COVID or not. Now, again, I'm going to pause here and say if you're an owner, I get it. You may have been experiencing severe stress this last month or so. You've applied for PPP. Maybe it hasn't come through. You have had to lay people off. You are stressed about their financial health and your own. You have loans. Your net worth very, very well may be lower of that of many of your staff if you're severely in debt. I get it. The same is true for those of you associates who have student loans. I've been there. Nonetheless, in the workplace, it is fruitless, it is futile to think about your net worth and dump that information onto those people who are working for you, who are below you on the organizational flowchart. And I'm saying this because I've seen it done. And in fact, there have been times way back, probably shortly after Lindsay's cancer, where we were really financially stressed beyond words, that I was guilty of this. I was guilty of complaining about money to people making a fraction of what I was making. And again, even though our net worth was (laughs) many, many, many negative digits, they couldn't see that for the most part. And they didn't need to hear about my financial woes. So I'm going to put kennel and reception staff in the center and then techs. And then in the next ring, I'm going to throw managers and new grad associates together. Now, when you do this, when you think about this type of ring for your practice, you know, you may know some of your managers. Maybe they have, you know, a great financial situation and you know that information. So, you know, you can adjust this to what's appropriate for your practice. But if you're not sure, this is how I've done it. And I will post a picture of this on the website and in the Facebook group, and hopefully I can attach it to the podcast itself. Outside of managers and new grads, I would put seasoned associates. Now, we know seasoned associates can have mortgages and severe debt from student loans, and, you know, they can be in a real hole, but they've had a longer time to sort through some of these things, so I'm going to put them outside of new grad associates. And then owners. I'm going to put owners on the outside and the same rule applies. If you need to vent owners, find somebody. Find a mentor who's good with finances, who you can share openly your financial woes with. This might be an accountant. This might be a therapist who understands money. This might be your husband. It might be just a trusted friend. 
It's important that you vent, but it's important that you vent out. So we dump out, we comfort in. When you're working on this, when you are working on comfort in, I want you to be aware of a few things. Now, we experienced a lot of good intentions during Lindsay's treatment, and I did my best to be very understanding and forgiving. I can be a little socially awkward. So when somebody said something that wasn't perfect, I got it. And unless I was having a really, really bad day, unless Lindsay was really, really sick, or I was really worried about something, for the most part, I was able to see where the person was coming from and, you know, practice forgiveness. However, I know you want to do your best in these stressful times at comforting those around you. So a few bits of advice. First, be aware of the need to fix. When somebody is suffering, when somebody is in trauma, when somebody is in pain, very rarely, almost never, do they need your fix. And in fact, you can't fix COVID. You can't fix COVID on any level. What that person needs from you is a listening ear. And sometimes it feels really corny and really cheesy, but they just need you to say, hey, how you doing? And when they start to vent, active listening, that sounds really hard. I'm so sorry you're facing that. It sounds like you're really struggling with finances right now. I wish there was something I could do to help. Can I give you a hug? Oh, wait, we can't give hugs right now because of Corona. And we can laugh about that, right? We can insert a little humor into the situation. But you don't need to fix. You don't need to say, well, you know, um, there are some treatments developing and vaccines are coming. Well, you know, if you start saving 5% of your paycheck now and 10% next month and 20%, that's not helpful. That's not where they are. They're in crisis and they simply need your listening ear. Be aware of your discomfort with their pain. This is a tough one. We don't want other people to hurt because it makes us hurt. So if you can sit with that discomfort as they vent, as they complain, maybe they talk about things that you're really uncomfortable with. Maybe this is somebody who's complaining about money as they eat their lunch that they bought at a restaurant. You're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling like they're doing it wrong. It's not your job to fix it. Sit with your discomfort. Be aware of your discomfort. Support them. And you can say, hey, if you ever want to talk finances, I'll give you a book to read. You can do a little bit of that if it seems appropriate. But only, only a teeny tiny bit. And if in doubt, keep your mouth shut, smile and nod. And I'm serious. That's really all people need. Along with the desire to fix, avoid the desire to teach or coach unless you are specifically asked for help. And when you're asked for help, the person actually listens and acts as if they want to take your advice. That's a hard one. Some people are going to come to you because they want to talk, but they don't know how to initiate that conversation. So it'll sound like they're asking you for help. But when you start to offer suggestions, they'll have a lot of excuses or they won't be listening and they'll just continue to vent. That's the time when you just kind of pause and let them vent. And this is the most important. Avoid sharing examples from your own life. Now, I'm going to tell you, since Lindsay was diagnosed, I have had plenty of cancer parents come to me. They've heard my name. They've gotten my contact information from a friend of a friend. 
And it is the hardest thing in the world not to share our experience. But this is not what people in crisis need. They don't need to know your struggles because it makes it about you and they find themselves comforting you. So resist that temptation unless they specifically ask, hey, how did you deal with this? Then you can tell them very short, very quick, and turn it back around and ask them another question to keep them talking. So what do you do if you screw up? What do you do if you find yourself in the treatment area of your hospital complaining about money to the tech who's holding your patient? Well, first you stop. (laughs) That's really easy. Just stop doing it. Mid-sentence. Quickly acknowledge, oh, man, I am sorry. I, I am talking so much about money, and that's just really not helpful right now, is it? And then refocus on them. Now, if you're, you know, if you're the one who brought up the topic, maybe you just change the topic altogether. But if they brought it up, they're trying to vent to you, and you find yourself accidentally sharing examples or trying to fix the situation or trying to teach your coach, pause you know, I am, here I am trying to tell you what to do, and I know that's not what you need right now. I'm sorry, tell me more about what you're going through. I'm so sorry I did that. Now, again, don't over-apologize. Don't turn the apology into time for them to have to make you feel comfortable about what you said, but just very quickly redirect the focus to them. These rings, Silk's ring, they can apply to any setting, but I would like for you to sit down and draw Two, one for work and financial woes, and one for work and health concerns. Put it in your journal. You're not going to be perfect. You might put somebody in a circle that they don't belong in, but I want you to name names here, not just positions. Because I want you to be prepared for when these issues arise at work. COVID's not going away. The financial concerns and the health concerns with COVID and the anxieties around COVID are not going away anytime soon, even as we reopen. So I want to give you a quick assignment. I want you to draw the rings that I described. I want you to do one for financial situations in the workplace or financial discussions in the workplace and one for health discussions in the workplace, be it physical or mental. And I want you to put people's names in there as much as you can. And, you know, this is private. This is something to put in your journal. But I want you prepared. When you put the time behind putting names in order, it's really going to give you a greater deal of focus and awareness when these conversations arise in the stress of a workday. The very last thing I want to say, and this applies to everything that I try to teach you here, let go of perfectionism. You're going to screw up. You're going to complain about money to a coworker. You know, somebody's going to ask you if you want to go buy lunch and you're going to say, oh man, my bills are out of control. I have these student loans and I just cannot afford to eat out. And they're making a fraction of what you make. Or you're going to sit down, you know, with somebody and start talking about your parents and your fears about your parents and their health and realize that, you know, they themselves have some significant health issues and maybe don't need to hear about your parents. Whatever the case You don't have to be perfect here. You don't have to be a robot. I just want you to try to bring a little more self-awareness to these discussions around the financial and health concerns that are arising from COVID-19. 
It has been a pleasure to share this topic with you. I think this is one of the most valuable topics for people to understand. You know, we're so afraid of saying the wrong thing that we often say nothing. The last thing I want this episode to do is to make you afraid to comfort somebody. If in doubt, comfort them as best you can. It's better to say the wrong thing than nothing at all, I promise you. But with a little practice and a little intentionality, you'll find that it's easier and easier to say the right thing at the right time to the right person. And to really step up your game as a mentor in your practice and as a leader in your practice. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you back here next week as we continue the series Lessons from Leukemia. Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At Vet to Vet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or seek emergency care locally.